Gaming and NBS episode 280 being recorded Sunday. It's not Sunday. It's Monday. It's Monday. February 9th? Um, what day is it? 10th. February 10th. February 10th, 2020. <laughs> Welcome to Gaming and BS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Brett. Welcome, folks. Glad to have you all here. Sean, I think what we need to do this this year, 2020, before it gets too far, we need to get a goddamn calendar and hang it right next to the monitor because we continually forget what day it is that we're recording because we bounce sometimes. What's a calendar? I don't know. It's one of those things on the wall. It's one of those things old people have, and we're we're getting to the old people phase. I'm just saying, between that and a little farmer's almanac next to you, I think we could do this. Norman Rockwell calendar, please. Yes. I might get one of those. Honestly, I might combine and get the farmer's almanac tear off a calendar. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I can tell what kind of wheat all my wheat crops will be doing this year. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, (laughs) Any announcements besides that? This week on uh, Gaming and BS, we talk about farming in (laughs) role-playing games. Yes. Any announcements besides that? Anything? Bueller? Anything? I don't I don't think so. Have you decided if you're gonna make your account or not? I have not. Okay. I don't I'm even going. know what weekend it is. March something something. Uh, to something. It's near the end of March, actually. This year. End of March. I was, yeah, I was ready for it to be um I'm gonna check it out right now. I was ready for it to be like earlier in March. I'm like, oh yeah, but it is March twenty sixth through the twenty ninth. So it's late in the month this year. Well, I think I could make a Saturday. If you need a place to crash, the brothers Wynn and I will have space in our room. So you can Sweet. camp out there that evening if you need. Good to know. Yeah, just don't, uh, don't want you get in trouble. Yeah. Right. All right. So other than that, let's just, let's just move on, man. Get a random, random encounter. encounter, man. Just do it. Random encounter. Emails, voicemails, comments from social media, the forums. Sweet. You go first. Laramie. This guy. Comments on the forums about folklore foes. Comments. I know for one. I I know I, for one. Wow. Don't care when the show is recorded or released. Well, that's good. That's good. That's very good. I like it being weekly, but respect this is not your job. My work schedule is irregular, and I tend to enjoy the show on the way to and from work. So whenever I get it, I get it. That said, I'm also not going to slack off and be weeks behind. Uh, That was in response to the... Our side little diatribe of like, hey, wait, we got to get this scheduled shit. What do we do? Yeah, Yeah, that was internal business there. But thank you, Army. I appreciate that. Yeah, he continues. As far as the episode, uh, I respect why some folks might want to use average roles for things, but I don't think this method is for me. My players already do the math enough as it is. If they knew how much damage was coming or how many hit points a potion heals, I think it would take out some of the unexpected nature of adventure. And since this episode is about keeping the wonder in the game, 
I think I'll stick to dice. And to that end, that's part of the reason I like systems like Hackmaster exploding dice or Hackmaster's exploding dice or DCC's spell effects being based on a high roll. They both make the game even less predictable. Now that I'll jump in right now. That makes sense, right? If you have players that are... We could throw metagaming out there or gaming the system or really gaming it, <clears throat> whatever. But they, when they look at it, people, so this goblin does seven damage. I got 28 hit points. I could be hit, what, four times? So, yeah, okay, I'll keep fighting and I'll leave the third round or whatever. Right. You can have, you could have that, and that could lead to some less than optimal play for your table. It could lead to a less risk taking or whatever could feel safer for some people potentially and i i think i see where laramie's going with that so uh, point well taken man continues interesting monsters and having to figure it out i really like this episode one memorable moment from my past was running fourth edition Hackmaster, and the group came across mud ogres Mo- mud orgs i may have the name wrong and maybe the module wrong as well. I think it was Annihilate the Giants. But they were fighting these large humanoid monsters, and the group would have them on the ropes. The things would retreat to their muddy pit and come out no worse for the wear. This cycle repeated a couple times, and now the party was getting the rough end of things. Well, someone in the party figured it out, that the things were being healed by the mud. And the next time the things retreated, the group started out started just volleying fireballs back there. Massive damage, and they wanted to cook the mud. Job well done. Yeah, that's how you make clay bots. <laughs> I like it. One more thing. Listen to the episode I was thinking of another podcast, Myth, Myths and Legends. Has a lot of neat lore and monsters, as well as rather interesting and brief creature of the week. Cheers, Laramie. See, Laramie was making points there at the beginning, but now he tells us he listens to other podcasts. That kind of kind of sticks in my craw, man. It's cheating on us. That's what it feels like. <laughs> no, that's cool. I've not heard of the Myths and Legends one, dude. All jokes aside there. I'll have to check that out. I do like <clears throat> what you talk about there with the, the mud critters. Sorry about that, Sean. The mud critters. I like that idea where they get to, where they can retreat and heal or have a bizarre way of healing. I was running um, a DD for my two younger kids continuing our campaign this last Sunday. And I succeeded in describing these creatures that burst out of the river, these two, and it were trolls. I just kind of turned them into river trolls, underwater-y type of things. Um, modded them up a little bit. But once they figured out, I could see AJ like trying desperately to look over the screen to see which page was open in the monster manual i caught him uh, he's like oh i'm sorry sorry i just i'm really curious as to if it's what i think it is but he didn't want to spoil it for his sister or for me he was playing it as as well as he could and i think it, it worked out pretty well once they figured out that, oh they regenerate oh there's a problem then they went all right time to lay some fire on these bastards but uh it was pretty touch and go there for a while and i, I think trying to use what i what I had laid out last time, you know, a different type of description, trying to figure out what it was, similar to the the cooking the mud option here, waiting until they figure out what it is, and then uh, making a, a solid tactical move against it. Pretty cool. Thank you, Laramie. Good stuff, man. Yeah, Laramie, thanks. All right, so what do we have here? 
Jim on Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers. Great episode. My only experience with Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers Hyperborea was actually Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Solomon Kane. Same system, same system, different setting at GaryCon last year. I got pulled into a game that had a no-show by someone I'd played in a couple of other games with. And I had not had any exposure to the rules or the game before, other than general d experience, but it ended up being one of the best games I played at the con. I since picked up a PDF of the rulebook as part of a humble bundle. It's on my list of games to play at GaryCon in March. The Solomon Kane game was a blast, and I'd happily play it again. But the weird fantasy hyperborea setting is more appealing to me. Maybe I'll be lucky enough to get into Tim's scheduled game, or in the lobby bar when Brett decides it's finally time to run it in the after-hour session. In any case, it looks like there's plenty of Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers Hyperborea events happening, so it'll be pretty easy for, to fit in a game or two into my schedule. Yeah, Jim, I think there's there's usually plenty of good stuff going. Another one to do, because Jeff Talanian is always at Gary Khan, and he's usually pretty savvy as to who's playing what and who's running what. If you hang around the Northwind booth, Jeff's booth, and uh, say, hey, I'm looking to get in on a game. Is anybody running anything off book? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'll find somebody, even if you are not, don't get in, into anything scheduled. It's a good place to hang out to find people who are into it. Does Jeff run at Gary Con or no? I don't know if he does. Shit. You know what? I'm going to ask him when I see him. Jeff, well, do you run any games? Damn it. He's probably one of those gold-level events. Yeah, gold, platinum, yeah, and nuclear mithril or whatever it is right. that they're running. Yeah. yeah. You know. Probably. Probably. Well, that's cool. Very cool. I think that's it for this. Is week. that it? Yeah. Well, I should say that on Twitter, um, oh, shit, who was it? Somebody posted that they liked that they had a that they liked it and they thought that we did it justice. All right, I'm going to look this up while I'm while I'm talking here. Nola Burt. Yes, uh-huh. thank you, with Nola Burt. Yeah, Robert Nemeth. Yeah, Robert. I had I had the R name and the N handle, so I was confused. Yeah, but Robert said he liked it and he thought that we did a pretty uh, pretty decent justice. It's tough. It's tough to go like super hardcore deep dive into something like that. So, but I was really glad Tim was on. To help bail me out and keep me honest, because he's played it and loves it, and I, while well, on my side, I really enjoy it, but I've only been able to read it and not yet play it. Sorry, Sean. Well, I wanted to comment because some people may wonder, like, well, you know, you had Tim on to talk about astonishing swordsmen and swordsmen of Hyperborea, and then you know we had Jen Brinkman on for DCC and a few others for other games. Yeah, we, uh, when we talked Christian about Christian and Ron, yeah, we Christian and Ron, we yeah. had um. Shit. Um, we did a cipher Darcy. system. Darcy. 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 Yep. Darcy. Yep. Cipher system. Yep. And Troy. Troy. Yep. There, Troy. So the reason I bring that up is some people may say, well, how come you just don't reach out to Jeff? How come you don't reach out to, you know, Hensley from Savage Worlds or Monty and, you know, the gang at Monty Cook Games to talk about their, their games, right? Which we could probably do. I have and, a theory as to why we don't. Why do you? Why? Why do you think we don't, Sean? Well, I, I think, um, I would much rather get somebody that's passionate about the game that we know one because we could get those folks. Well, I shouldn't say we could get them. You know, let's assume that we could try to get them on the show and that they would be happy to oblige. But then it would feel much more like a a marketing push 
Does that make sense? It does. They have an obvious bias to the game, good and bad, like not even bad. Just it's our game. This is why it's great, and this is how it's played. Sure, firsthand would be awesome to have Jeff on the show and talk about how he came up with certain things, um, which things like that perspective a lot of the guests would probably not have, right? Hey, why did you choose to go this route with the mechanics, right? Well, I think generally speaking, our approach is, this is something Brett and Sean are passionate about. That's why we talk about it. And getting like-minded gamers who are passionate about a thing, I think has a lot more, to your point, a lot more power than talking to somebody about sell me your game or why is Savage Worlds awesome. And if you want to listen to Shane Hensley tell you why Savage Worlds is awesome, that's out there. Right. Right. But having and Christian and Ron telling you why it's really cool is there that's out there too. But they're gamers like us. Yeah. They're, well, not, the, they're not the head of a publishing system, right? True. And it's it's kind of cool. Yeah. And, and, not that and not that it. Shane and Monty and all those guys aren't gamers, but No, 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 yeah. no, no. I mean when we had Dave Beatty on, we talked about Westerns. We wanted to talk about Westerns and we knew there'd be some tie in obviously to Dark Trails, because he's got that Kickstarter going at the time. We wanted to give him a chance to talk about that, give him a little platform to drum up some support because we were obviously in support of our buddy and what he's doing. But having that type of thing from the horse's mouth is pretty important, huh? Western horse's mouth. But yeah. in, a, in something that's been out for a while, like when we talked about Cypher System, having Troy and Darcy explain why they started a podcast to talk about this thing that somebody else made, there's some, there's some serious passion in that. You know, Jen Brinkman is on a podcast about something somebody else made. A couple podcasts about it, right? And she's a big DCC acolyte. And it's to have her passion on there is great. And uh, what drew you to this thing? Why is this your passion? That's same with the other folks we've talked to like that. So I just think it's pretty cool. Yeah. But I just, I felt, I don't, I don't know if I felt compelled to explain, but I thought there was a particular angle. But uh, this, I just wanted to put that out there. That's all I have to say about that. There you go. All right, good. I, well, I agree with you. Well, good. Hear that, everybody? It doesn't Brett happen often. agrees with me again. Uh, it's a new year. We're first sold. quarter. First quarter. You've said this before, though. Have that I agree with you? This quarter, I believe. This quarter. Oh. Yeah. We'll have to, to rewind the tape. we have to go back and listen to, back and listen to that. Main topic, huh? Let's move on. You ready, man? I'm ready, man. All right. So my Delta Green campaign ended in a TPK. Talked about that. Sean, last time we talked a little bit about what you got cooking for gaming. You talked about how you're a Call Cthulhu group. Um, you said, you know, I don't know how long we're going to play. Maybe they might want to bail on this whole Mass Seminarial Thotep campaign. It might be, you know, we'll change something up. And that got me thinking a little bit is how long is long enough for campaign? Or how long should a campaign go? We've talked okay. about this a bit in the past. Yes. I got the answer. I got yes. the answer right now, Brett. What is the answer, Sean? As long as it needs to be, but nothing longer. There so we go. It's, it's either perfect or it's Di- failed. Let's go on to die roll. Die roll, everybody. <laughs> nice. So there's a couple of different, there's more than a couple, probably, multiple ways to measure campaign like in length the number of sessions you play it um length of time in real world that it takes 
to get the campaign completed. Um, I was wondering, you know, I know some people say, hey, this is a campaign. It should take, I've seen this online. Oh, I, I expect this campaign to take 12 sessions. I'm like, wow, you, you figured that out? <laughs> that's that's crazy. And there was always a little give or take there. Look, if I asked people, holy shit, really? Exactly 12? Well, you know, maybe 13, maybe 11, maybe a little bit more. But I'm assuming it'll be about this many. Which I think is pretty cool. And I started thinking about my Delta Green campaign. I had plenty of stuff in my hopper, in the campaign hopper, is what could happen as the crew found out more about the Serpent Men and they dealt with uh, Tiger Transit and the Chocho and they got deeper into what was going on and the connection to um, Hyboria and Lemuria and Lost Atlantis and so forth. There was plenty of stuff they could have gotten into. But knowing that Delta Green, Call of Cthulhu type of thing, can have, much like many campaigns, honestly, can have that sudden, y'all dead. Or, wow, um, you're done in one way, one way, shape, or form. I didn't force... I kind of felt, look, I have all this stuff. Let's kind of see how it goes. And I used... And this is... My general approach is... A campaign, is to your point, is as long as it takes. Which is usually code for me and my home group is about a year of real time. Once a month... For about a year. So that's basically 12 sessions. What's a month for how long per month? How long per month? Um, anywhere from four to eight hours. So you're essentially saying 48 to <laughs> 48 hours. Well, eight times 12. What is that? I don't even know what that is. That's 96. 96? 96 yeah. hours. 48 to 96 hours? Yeah, somewhere between you know 50 to 100 hours. Using IT director math there. Just roll it up to a bigger number. It makes it sound more important. So if you were running a game mm -hmm. as a full-time job, mm -hmm. it's basically two weeks long. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Can you imagine doing what? Do it running a game every day for 40 hours? Like oh, Adam yeah. Koble does? Oh, my God. It'd be exhausting. That guy's running games every damn day. I don't Dude's know. Dude's a machine. Yeah. So... That's what it turns out that my campaigns are running. And when my buddy Alpha's running a game, we're doing um, Out of the Abyss, and Nick is starting up a Star Wars game that we're going to be in. And hey, guess what? I'm not a pilot, just so you know. I'm not I'm not a pilot. I'm going to, like, engage full on, Did man. <laughs> I'm a Mandalorian. You could, you I told could, you about this guy. I told you about uh, the guy. He's all cool. right. Yeah. So, anyway, sounds like you're stoked, man. Good. I am, actually. This is going to be fun. All right. Yeah, I got somebody. Put, I, got I hope somebody, he gives you a baby Yoda. I got somebody who's like a real Star Wars fan to run this one for me. I figure it'll be good oh, this time. Oh, <laughs> I think that's a jab. A little bit. Anyway, so that's kind of what my group from a campaign. Hey, you're going to run a campaign? Yeah, sure. Everybody in our, my crew basically says, oh, this is probably going to be a year, 12 months. Okay, cool. Then whoever comes up next will run the next campaign and so on and so forth. Um, Sean, how long... Do your campaigns, do you have, because you run pre-public and because I'm running stuff that I'm made up, you know, it's homebrew stuff. And so that's what Nick's doing. Alpha runs at right now. He's running pre-published stuff and he seems to have a similar cadence to you. What is he running? Out of the abyss right now. Oh. Yeah. So I'm curious as to, do you, do yours take like a year? Encounter time, or how do you measure a campaign? Do you figure, oh, we're going to play this one until I get to the last page, or everybody dies? What, what's 
what's your plan going in? When you get someone to sign up for Tomb of Annihilation, do they sign up for, you say, hey, we're going to play this, and it should last six months? Or do you tell people that, or do they just sign up to play until it's done? Well, if you ask anybody but our high-level patrons, (laughs) 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 where it lasted like, I don't know, a session and a half, maybe, um, running pre-published, it's pretty much from, all right, we're going to kick this off or we're going to go uh, until we get through it. So if with Tomb of Annihilation, it's pretty straightforward. You go all the way to the end to probably kill the big bad lich. So when you if you compare Tomb of Annihilation, your standard D&D temp module, where, hey, I've got a beginning, I'll get to the big bad guy or whatever it is, the big reveal. Do you see the massive Nilothotep in a similar light? The people who are into that one, are they signing up for, we're going to do this until we all either, we get to the end or die trying? Is that how they, is that how they're approaching it? And the reason I'm asking is because last time you said you were curious as to if they were going to keep rolling. Well, so the quick answer is yes. Because I did bring it up like, hey, it's this is six, big. 666 pages in this campaign this is at least a year spanning mm-hmm. uh are you, yeah are you all in now at the same time i would say hey you know if if this isn't doing it for everybody i'm okay with somebody everybody speaking up and saying hey uh i want to i want to get out of this you know i don't want to I don't want to keep doing this every couple of weeks. I'm kind of bored or whatever. But so just a second, you asked me how long I or when mine is once a month, you know, X number of hours. Do you, you're gaming every other week? So with Doc's game, I'm running every other week for just shy of four hours. So it's about seven or eight hours, probably about a solid seven hours a month. And then in Tomb of Annihilation, I'm running once a, once a month, ideally, for... Six, eight hours? It's scheduled for eight, but like the first hour to two hours is, is dick around time. Yeah, that's a game. That's a we game. have a, we have a, game a group, soft man. start at 10. Shit doesn't get underway until like noon, maybe. You know, what's interesting is your game, both of them are basically running the same. Same duration. Yeah. Same duration. Yeah. yeah. 50 per to hours. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Is your Call of Cthulhu group after you met last time, did they, I mean, my Delta Green crew went, wow, ah, it's over. Interesting. Total party Did they kill. expect that it would be done? No. Well, when they all died, they went, well, <laughs> that's, that's Delta Green for you. What's next? And a couple of them said, are we going to keep going? And I said, well, we could. And what was it? Lenny and Fielders got, that would feel contrived. We failed. This Cthulhu, man, we failed. And that's how it goes. And that's the way my group operates, at least when I'm running Cthulhu, is they expect the world sometimes goes pear-shaped, they're fucked, and they failed. So chances are the Serpent Men and the Cho-Cho and Tiger Transit are going to do horrible, evil things and worry about the uh, destruction of stuff. Yep, they failed to solve it. Too bad. That's Cthulhu ending. Nihilism forever, brother. Well, I'm not quite sure I like their attitude because <laughs> I, if the hands of the world, the fate of the world 
were in their hands, man. Well, if the fate of the world were in their hands and they all died, they'd be like, oh, well, I gave it my best shot. That's how they look at it. They're like, look, we tried. We tried really fucking hard. That's not good enough for Sean. I'm okay. Not, I'm not buying it. Anyway, so is your crew, after you, you've played it for a while, are, are they still in for oh. masks? So update, yes, they are. Because we wrapped up New York and I thought, okay, well, so um, we could be done if you want to be done. If not, I'm I'm good with still rolling. You and, gave him an out. You gave him an out. Well. No, you just like, look, you're still alive. We're still fucking gaming. I could have taken that way, but I don't. That's what I would have done with Jeff, but not with oh, Doc okay. and the crew. No. All right, all right. You're a little, yeah. little more. Yeah. A little different with them. Okay, I got yeah. it. Different yeah. audience to get you. Yeah, they wouldn't put up with me with that shit. So, but they're still in for it? They are. They're going to England. Ah, okay. So That is actually where last time I played Mass of the Narlothotep, that's where my group, after we went from New York, we ended up in England. Then from England, we ended up in Egypt. That's where we all died. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, ideally, I want to see things out, but I've also been, I mean, obviously, I've started campaigns in the past, and they haven't gone the distance for a variety of different reasons. So when something doesn't work, like my Delta Green game, I was set to run for the regular 50 to 100 hours, full year in uh, real time, right? The full calendar year. And they died. So, huh. Well, interesting. Well, we always have another campaign. Something else is cooking. Somebody else is going to run. We're ready to go. When the only, I talked about this a long, not a long time back, but last year, my group and I had a kind of, uh, a, not a falling out, but we got a little, I got pissed and we all kind of argued about. Oh, talked, I remember talked that. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. But that was the only, the only time in a very long time, I just flat out killed the game because I was pissed. But generally. That was two years ago. Well, probably two years ago. Ish. Because that was when ago. Joe was here the first time. Yeah. A long time back. But now, the only other time when we a game ends now is when everybody dies or they've come to the end of it. They've beaten the bad guy. Whatever. The campaign is a natural ending of one shape or another that the group's like, yep, this is a good place to end. That's where we end. I don't. Because we only run for that period of time and somebody has something new ready to go afterwards, I don't often, and we're mixing it up where we're not always just fantasy, 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 or D&D, D&D, Pathfinder, D&D, D&D, Pathfinder, D&D. You know, it's not the same thing all the time. I, I think having the options out there has made it so that, oh, this was cool. We played a modern Delta Green Call Cthulhu game. Cool. We died. Great. Oh, we got some D&D. Oh, we got some space opera. Cool shit coming. That's cool. We'll do that for a while. We don't seem to get distracted off the campaign we're playing because we know it has an ending and once it's done something else cool and different's coming which normally my gamer add kicks in i'm like oh what's over here oh i want to read check out something new excuse me new where i've got a new campaign going when yours end because i guess sean do you notice that your players or you or is a combination get distracted is distraction like oh you know what fuck this it's cold shadows tonight Oh, yeah, you know what? Bored with this shadow run time. Does boredom or distraction, the you know, the shiny new thing throw you in the crew, or is it more uh, Sean gets bored running something? I'm talking about the stuff you run. You Sean are running. 
do you tend to kill them because you're bored with them or the players bail on you? Um, uh, it could be either. I've had, I've had just, hey, we're going to play. We don't play. Hey, we're going to get everybody together. We don't play. Well, I'm done. I'm done. You guys let me know. I'm I'm going on and taking my ball and playing somewhere else then. So I've had that happen. Yeah, that's I, almost like a group dissolution. It is. Right? Totally. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, you know, I get Jeff, you know, hey, I'm going back to school and I got classes and stuff to take it's, care of. Real life gets in your way, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, New shiny comes into play every once in a while, but I don't know if I would turn it on a dime. Like I'm not one that says, "Eh, this sucks. Let me run something else." So I'm gonna we're gonna fire up Star Wars next. A little more thought goes into it than that. Yeah, I mean, I am not far from perfect. I I think I mentioned this before. One of the groups I was a part of quite some for quite some time. Uh, I started running stuff and and things were falling through all the time and I think they eventually got fed up and kicked me to the curb. It happens. Yeah. And they're still playing to this day as far as I know and probably in the same campaign which has got to be over man shit. It's seven, ten years? I don't know. So this is, you're like perfect segue in here dude. One of the things that my group used to do that we're having beer, shooting pool in Alpha's basement have drinking or whatever it is we're doing, we're having dinner. And we'll all be like, man, remember when we would have like a five-year-long campaign where we had these characters that made it survive, thrive, some died, but we, the main story, the big thing happened over, and that's a hearkening back to my 15-year vampire run, my World of Darkness stuff. Uh, yeah, boy, wouldn't it be cool to do that? And I'll be like, yeah, that would be really cool to do that. But everyone says, yeah, I don't think we can do that anymore. And I started asking my group, like, do you guys want to do that? And like, yeah, it'd be really cool, but we can't. And I'm like, why? Why can't we do that? It's just us. (laughs) I mean, we could, I could build a big goddamn campaign. We could do a thing if you really, really want to play. Like from now, from level one to 20 type of thing. We could do that. It'd take a long time, but if you really want to do it. And what I found that it does is it's not, I think it's a little bit of attention issues. And by that, I mean that the group goes and we're playing, we're playing, we're having fun. I think everybody is like, what happened? What happened? Where's this? Where's that? And I believe part of this is because my group sucks at keeping notes as to what the fuck they did. I keep really good notes as to what I've been doing because I realize my memory of as to what I used to do or what's been what happened last month. It's not what it used to be, right? Because I got plenty of other grown up shit to do. I got other problems, other things to worry about, like my network isn't functioning at work properly or something. I got problems to deal with. We have a twelve uh, a twelve ounce brain <laughs> and twenty ounces of liquid. Yeah, and I and half that liquid's bourbon. So there you go. Anyway, um. So I thought about that. I'm like, man, and these, I have a heart. I mentioned to Lenny, I'm like, I have this really cool idea. I think would be totally fun. Everyone would get it. I said, but I really need you guys to take notes and keep fucking track of what you're doing. 
And he's like, I don't think it's going to happen. He said, I'm just going to be honest with you. I just, I don't think the group's going to do it. He said, I'll get distracted. I'll forget. It's not going to work. I'm like, huh? Hmm. And then I've been noodling on this for a while. I was listening to, um, watching and listening to a Matt Colville downtime video he has. I've got a link in the diary later on. He talks about how, when, and this is very much how I played for a long, long time. And so when you have downtime with your group, the guys would get together and the ladies and gents I played with, I'd say, hey, between now and next session, there's a week's worth of downtime. Email me if you want to do something. Or if we're in town and I'm there, we get the chance to get together. Let's talk through what it is your character would want to do. And I would have these one-on-one downtime sessions. It wasn't just as in 5e, you roll on a chart to see, did your investment work? Did your alchemical thing work? Or a very simplified, speeded up downtime thing. This was the times when the uh, the one Torador vampire would try to build up his club chaos. This is when the wizard, you know, wizard vampire would try to do this other thing. Or when this werewolf would try to do that. Or whatever it was. Or even when I, was ran, I ran my first really big Avalon campaign for that group. It's when Lenny's character, uh, Newt, would go home and talk to his grandfather and learn something about the White Griffins. And he talked to his his sister or his mom, and he had a girlfriend for a while. And that's when all these, some, some players didn't care. They didn't want to get into any of that and they didn't deal with it. Some of them really loved it. And I think some of the, the depth of the campaign wasn't even the 50 or 100 hours of standard game time. It was all the downtime stuff that happened that really got cool. And I think the players who engaged in the downtime components of it had a much better memory <laughs> of everything that happened, even if they weren't keeping like meticulous notes because we we're playing more often. It was fresher in everybody's mind, or at least certain players, right? Who wanted to engage in it. Tracking with me? I think so. So what I think I'm going to do is I want to reinvigorate my bad magic setting. And what I'm going to do with it is I'm going to have everybody, we're going to make characters. And I'm going to start everything. The entire campaign is going to start off as one-on-one downtime, quote-unquote, type sessions. So every time I'm up, I'm going to, when I go up at the, at the end of the month in February here with the group, play d and I'm going to lay out the, the plan for everybody. They'll go, oh, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, sure, we'll try anything. I'm going to pick somebody. We're saying we're sit with you, Nick. We're gonna make your character, and we're gonna have a session. Hour, couple hours, whatever it is, kind of kick things off. And then I'll probably get all somebody else and say, "Hey, do you guys would you be willing to do your discussion over email or um, Slack or some online chat, or we could, you know, use um, a Google Hangout or something?" Yeah, sure, we can do that. Yeah, I got time. And while the Star Wars game is running. While Out of the Abyss is going on, I'm going to build this kind of groundswell of this small side campaign that's happening in the background with everybody, making sure that I'm not stealing any thunder from either uh, Alpha or Nick as they're running. But what I want to do is kind of do this private little setup thing where everybody's going to show up when we finally get together, when either Nick's game ends or Alpha's game ends first, and I step back in. Um, for a regular scheduled game, if you will, then all, all these folks show up, all the characters are broken in. 
They may have actually met each other or heard about each other at some point. And then like the real action can happen. And that's what I'm thinking of doing. It's basically like a slow burn buildup to this event that then kicks off the rest of the real campaign. It's kind of like a number of different preludes. Does that make sense? You tracking? I am. And it sounds like something that I would want to consider on my next one. I don't know. It depends on what the game I'm playing. I told you Star Wars, I would want to try to do that. It's like if we play Star Wars. It's almost, it's like that, the, the Colville's downtime video got it there, but I also thought about you and I have talked about, we'll talk about this more when we get together this month on the 22nd, but it's like that West Marches type of thing too. Like, look, y'all have characters, right? In this campaign. Yeah. Who's available? Um, I'm in town. Um, Alpha says we can meet in his basement at noon. Well, half of us can't make it for his out of the abyss game. Well, who can be there? Well, Alpha, Nick, and Lenny can be there. Great. Alpha, Nick, and Lenny. I'm going to run you three characters for a little bit. Cool. Zave shows up on Saturday a little bit early. Great, Zave. Sit down. Go do your thing. These little interludes and using and trying to use all the time I have with these guys to get this stuff going. I think it'll and kind of have that West Marches-y type feel. So if Zave goes, huh, I heard this thing about JR's character. Hey, JR, why don't I pick you up? We'll go to Alpha's place. Brett says he's got an hour before the game starts, before Out of the Abyss goes. We can talk through what we're going to do or after the game. Can you stay a little bit late or whatever the case is? I think I can make this work utilizing kind of the fringes of the regular scheduled game time to slowly but surely kind of build up this cool backstory for everybody and this stuff that's happening and clues and hints and stuff of this big idea I have and then roll it out when everybody's ready. I think it'll work. I hope. If it fails, eh, oh well. I had other failures in the past. But I'm kind of grooving on the whole, going back to the West Marches concept of, you know, gaming with a group. I tend to have, I don't know if I have more time, but the gamers who want to put extra effort in, Right. We all have gamers in our groups. I shouldn't say we all do, but I do. I have some gamers in my group who don't have time for one reason or another to do some of the quote unquote extra stuff, the downtime pieces, as I talked about earlier, where someone would sit, I'd be like, hey, you got two weeks to do something. Let me know if you want to do something. I'd have a couple people. Ah, I meant to get you something, but I got busy. I forgot. I didn't, I didn't had nothing I didn't want to do, blah, blah, blah. And some people just aren't into that. And they're more than happy just to show up at the start of the campaign with a character and just kind of sort it all out. But I have a number of other people who have told me, I really wish we could do a huge, long, you know, quote unquote, forever campaign, this big fucking thing. Ah, but we don't have time. I'm like, no, I think we do have time. We just have to use it differently. And I've got to use some of the other tools at my disposal, emails, your chats, you know, a couple of these sidebar one-on-one things. Instead of assuming that's got to be a big group effort, because this isn't go to the dungeon to save the dragon from some whatever the case is or, or whatnot. This is a investigative figure out bits and pieces of thing and then show up when their actual, if you will, actual campaign starts. I think it'll work. So I'm going to give it a shot this month. I'm going to run it by the guys and see what they think. So the one time a month that you guys play, you're playing between three campaigns? 
Potentially. Or three games? Potentially, yeah. So Friday night is out of the abyss, and Saturday evening is Star Wars at this point. So I have all day Saturday. I gotcha. Um, before, the Star Wars game usually starts about noon, one o'clock. So I have that morning to meet with people. And the main thing doesn't have to be in person. And that's the other piece I want to get through to the group is like, we can do some of this stuff online. You can email me. Y'all got email. We can have an email thread back and forth. We can, I can start a Google Hangout. We can use Slack. We can use, there's all sorts of shit we can use to track how we're discussing discussing things back and forth. And I think it would work because I have a number of people who would love, I think would love to engage in this stuff. But like, let's say beta beta can show up to about 75% of the sessions. He's got a big family like I do. Some of his kids are younger than my youngest kids and he's got shit going on. His wife's busy. He's busy. And sometimes he can't make the game. So that 25%, he can't make the session on the night we schedule it once a month. Ah, fuck. But another weekend when he is free, he and I can get together and talk online. Or he can send me an email on Monday evening when he's thinking about it, and I can engage. You know what I'm saying? So I think uh, if that works. I, I think it'll work. I'm hoping it works. It's one of those, like, not a high ideal, but I'm like, huh, it's a big idea. I just got to. I want it to work really bad. I'm just hoping the group is like, oh, yeah, sure, we're in for it. Let's try it. And that they actually do give it a good old college try as opposed to kind of a half-assed try. So I think it'll work regardless in the beginning or at least at the beginning when everybody's somewhat bought in. My concern, but you know your group better than I do. Well, I want to hear it, though, because this is why I'm throwing it at you is because this is, wham, I want to do this thing. And it sounds sexy in my head. But what do you see as a flaw? What's your concern? Well, how long do you go doing your own thing as as me, as one of your participants? When when does the group start? When do we get to adventure together? Ah, okay. Or, or you know, maybe it's me and you, or you're running and it's me and Eileen and, you know, Larry or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. And then the next month it's me. And then it's maybe just me. And then the month after that, it's me and two other people. Yep. But it's not all six of us. Like, okay, the campaign of all six of us are it's finally now happened. together and, yeah, moving forward. So that's a good point. And I am, I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot to mention it. I'm, Alpha's game, Out of the Abyss, is the furthest along. The Star Wars campaign hasn't kicked off yet. So it's Out of the Abyss has the most likelihood of ending, ending first. First. Okay. And so I'm going to talk to Alpha. I'm going to say, look, dude, no pressure. But how far along are we? What do you think? And that's kind of to full, full circle here. When you try to gauge how long a campaign is going to be, because some, whatever's coming up next is kind of pushing. And it's, I've known Alpha for a very long time. Evercon partners and all this stuff. And I don't want to tell him, look, dude, I got a really cool thing. You're fucking in my way. Move aside, right, kid. Because right. yeah, that's rude. Yeah. He's one of my best friends. But I want to ask him, like, how long you think? Where are you at? If I said, hey, let's start something. If I said we were going to start in July, does that sound okay? If I said June. And it sounds crazy, but it's February. Then there's March, April, May, June. That's only four months. Yeah. Of this kind of one-offy. 
downtimey one-on-one type of or small groups potentially. So if he says, look, man, that the rate you guys are cooking, we got like 10 sessions left. Fuck, you're not, you'll be lucky to be done by December. I'll probably table the idea. If he tells me, you know what? We probably got about four more months and then I'm done. I could kick it off and I could get rolling with it. Because I don't want to, the last thing I want to do is do this kind of, this on the side thing, this third little deal. And then accidentally subvert Alpha for Nick's game. Everybody becomes more interested in Brett's thing than their thing. Because that would be an absolute dick move. That's not my intent. Right. So I'm going to talk to Alpha and Nick first to get their buy-in. And I've known these guys 20 plus years. So they'll look me in the eye and say, no, don't do that now. Wait till July and then start it. Or, uh, yeah, sure, you could try that. Or, well, hmm. Yeah, but, you know, I'm going to get I'm going to get honest answers out of both of them. So, I'm going to start talking to those guys first to get their buy-in that they think it's okay that I do this. Because I don't want to. It'd be kind of like, "Hey, I'm going to start this really cool game with everybody in Sean and Doc's group, but I'm going to start it before Sean's done Call of Cthulhu. I'm going to start it kind of on the side." <laughs> and at the same time Sean's running, it could be very awkward. I think the only reason I could pull this off is because it's the same group I've been with for almost 30 years now. I think it'd work. But that's a good question. I think that's, you know, when does when does the full group get together? And if that timeline, that horizon is like five months, half a year, more down the road, eh, now's not the good time to start that. Well, and you have to consider, all right, I've got six to eight people in my game group and I'm running a campaign and they can never keep track of what's happening session to session. Now, now you're going to separate everybody and maybe at best pairs. Mm-hmm. Now, how is ever, you know, you're going to be having to keep track of all that crap. So I want to, um, I think Obsidian Portal can help me do this, or there's got to be another tool. I might even do like a Google Docs for super cheap and easy, and I'm going to keep notes from every session, every sidebar, every one-on-one whatever. I'm going to keep all that crap there, and then I can share it. Like if it's Google Docs, I can share that with, here's Alpha's list, here's Lenny's list, here's this, here's this, here's this, and just share individual folders or documents. So... I believe it's a lot, it's more work on my part, but I'm, this is where I'm vest. I've got a vested interest in it because I think it's a cool idea and I want to try it. I am willing to do some extra legwork and take notes after each of the sessions because it's only taking a discussion between me and one player or me and two players, putting notes together and going, wham, here it is in a document. So I think I can do it. If I do that, because then it'd be reference sheets for everybody to look back on when they say, I don't remember what happened last time. Remember, I shared the Google doc with you. So this will be part of it is that I have whoever wants to do it or is in for it has to be willing to utilize whatever technology platform I choose. Like, look, this is what I'm going to do to keep notes for it. If you're not down with doing this, then you can't be involved. And the group is 
decent enough that I can be a little hard-nosed that way. Say, look, I'm going to use Google Docs to keep track of this shit. Well, I don't like using the computer to game with. Well, too fucking bad. Then you, you can't play. Right? We got plenty of opportunities. We got a lot of campaigns going on. We're more of a gaming club than just a single gaming group. We got lots of, got at least two campaigns going at any given time, plus the war games and everything else the guys do. There's plenty of opportunities for them to play with each other. So I think I think if I take the the owner's task of keeping notes for the for each individual a- activity, it'll work. And actually, by doing that, I'll be able to drop clues and hints appropriately and keep track of where they all are too. So for my own sanity's sake. I'll be able to watch my Venn diagram slowly converge until I have the eight-person session. So I think that's my answer to that question. I'm surprised they want to do the uh, never-ending epic. Well, never-ending is kind of a misnomer. They just want they want to do something big, and they want kind of like we used to do, like wow, something really big out of the world, something different. But it's not. We're not going to use D and D. I'm not. I think I might use um, New World of Darkness System or Gumshoe, um, which is what I've done with Bad Magic in the past. Anyway, th- we want to do something that's very story-driven, you know, role-playing and blah, 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 and not levels like in D&D or Pathfinder type of thing, which is, again, what we used to do. And I think the only way I can try to recapture some of what we used to do is by remolding it so it would work this way. We'll see. And I might I might try it, and I am 100% ready for it to be a, an abysmal burnout, flame out. Like, oh, wow, we tried that for <laughs> for two months, and uh, it fucking sucked. Nobody liked it. I'll scrap it. I'll start over. But I've got a group I can experiment with that'll let me try something. So I figured, what the hell, let's give it a go. Yeah, what's the worst thing that could happen? It doesn't work. Or they don't tell you. Oh, they'll tell me. <laughs> oh, they'll tell me. Oh, yeah. There's no There's no way they'll keep that secret. So that's what I'm thinking of doing. I'll uh, float it by the guys when I get up there on the 29th at the end of the month. I'll see what they say. And they could tell me it's a terrible fucking idea. I don't know. I'll let you know what happens, though. Well, I'm sure they'll buy it. It's just a matter of when you can kick it off. Yeah, how it'll, yeah. It'll be the tactics. And I know, <laughs> much like the way I ended up being partly in charge of Evercon, is I'm like, the only way to make this fucking thing work the way I want it to is to do it myself. So <laughs> the only way to make sure this thing works the way I want it to is organize the damn thing myself. So I think I can do it. I got a good group. Um, if nothing else, by... Uh, Will alone, I'll, I'll force it to happen for a while, and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> what do you think, Sean? Think I got a chance, or do you think odds are against me? What do you think? No, I think it. You got a group that's willing to give it a shot. I don't see why you won't be able to kick it off. Sustainment might be uh, sustaining it. Might be tricky. This idea I had. This just, I how, just, I just, how are you going to plan around that if it's like, well, I don't know, I'm available, but he, he or she isn't. I don't today, know. Yet. I, don't, I, I don't, they I were. Don't, that's a that's a sketchy bit. I don't quite know. I mean, you do some crazy flying by the seat of your pants bullshit, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's your style. Like well, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So you just sit down, 
figure out an encounter, some problem, some NPC. It's got the exclamation point over their head. <laughs> oh, the I'm going to talk to that guy. He's got, this, goes, he's got the whirling diamond. Go talk to him. Brett writes down a sentence, says, hey, this guy tells you yeah. there's shit in the forest that's <laughs> bad news. I think a piece of the inspiration for this was back when we talked about gaming away from the table, which is God knows how many episodes ago. Holy shit, man. It was um, like the first 100, I think. Yeah, it's a long time back. First and this is actually, had I, if Invisible Sun would have been something that really, really captured me and I could have gotten my group into, this would probably be how I'd run Invisible Sun for this group. However... They have, they and I have little to no interest in that mechanical system or setting. So I'm going to do it my way with my bad magic setting, which I think will work fine that way. So I, from the mechanics perspective, I can sort that out with them and the setting, I got that. So that's going to work. Now it's a matter of getting buy-in. As long as I get the buy-in and they're willing to try, I think we can do it. So I'll let you know how it goes. I'm sure it'll be fine. Or I'll show up and be like, oh, they hate me. Why do they hate me so much? Yeah, that's that's what'll happen. <sighs> or I'll finally have enough of their shit and break up with them and I'll come game with you and Doc. <laughs> it's always an option. It's totally an option. You have to be on site. Ah, it might be worth it. Fuck, dude, I drive three hours one way to game with these assholes. That's true. <laughs> that's true. All right, man, that's all I had. It, I apologize. I kind of, I, I shouldn't, well, as usual, I kind of took over the topic there. I apologize. Yeah, you know. I just want to lay that out for you and see what you thought. I do think it's an interesting take. Um, you know, closest thing I would come to it is starting with individuals and then trying to bring them all together. Yeah. I, kind of, like I said, kind what, of a West Marches thing on an individual yeah. by individual basis. One of the things that, again, that bothers me about how I run games is pre-published games kind of are what they are. I do want to, I think there's something to be said about, okay, what do you want to play? Who are you? What do you want to do? What do you want to try to achieve? Maybe maybe that's good to know, or maybe some people are wanting to elaborate, some might not. But, you know, tying things into their character so that there's even more potential investment um, does pique my curiosity to well back, back in the old days the way vampire was set up initially was you were supposed everybody's embraced when you got turned into a vampire you were encouraged in the system to have a one-on-one -on -one session role play that either in front of the group or whatever role play everybody's embraced because it would you kind of into character and so on and so forth, start plot seeds and so on. I've done that over the years, back in the day when I ran Vampire. Sometimes we'd be like, how did that happen? Move it on, move it on. We, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Let's get to the meat of it. But I think it's been so long since I've done anything like that with this group. I think the people have talked to me about how interested they are in trying it again. I think it'd be cool to try. And as I said, I am absolutely ready for everyone to say, you know what? I thought I'd like that. Turns out I can't stand it. Can you run Pathfinder again? <laughs> it could totally happen. It could totally fucking happen. So we'll see what goes. All right, man. That's enough fun of me. You ready for die roll? Yeah, let's get to die roll. Let's do it. Die roll!
Two to E4 miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery we want to share with you. First one, Brett. What's yeah, that all about? Matt Cogill's downtime video that helped to kind of kick this idea off of my head. So I got a link in the show notes for that. You know, I'm going to go to work tomorrow and I'm going to sit at my desk and I'm just going to twiddle my thumbs and they're going to go, what are you doing? I'm going downtime. Downtime. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's my downtime. I sent my I sent my notes into my, my game master. I'm waiting for a response. That's right. Downtime then. So Joe Swick gave us gaming in a castle. We got a link to that in the show notes. Apparently you can rent a castle, which is yeah, pretty goddamn pretty cool. Yeah, it's cheap. Like, yeah. It's like 20 bucks a night or some shit in Spain? It's in Spain, though. I think the get, us getting to the Spain is the hard part, right? I suppose. Yes. There's a ship or plane or something. that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's stuff that gets us there. It's just the expense of getting there. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Jared Rasher. He interviewed Kimmy Hughes. I know Kimmy from Happy Jacks. Um, she's got a new Kickstarter. Oh, cool. So I should probably put a link to the Kickstarter. Um, cards. I forgot what they're called, but uh, we'll have a link in the die roll. But Jared, I was fairly impressed with Mr. Rasher's interview skills. They're on good gnome stew. Jared Rasher's a good dude. He is. Well, he's, he's a... He's one of our listeners. Oh, yeah, I've, yeah. I've yet to interact with any of our listeners that I haven't liked. All of our listeners are cool people. Well, there's Hobbs. I still like Hobbs. Oh, He's a nutball, right. but you I love do. him. You, you do? <laughs> you do. I don't know, man. Hey, we put up with Tim DeShane, man. We can put up with anybody. Fair. <laughs> uh, Robert Nemeth, Kickstarter, uh, on, uh, has a Kickstarter. He's participating in Zine Quest. So all the zine Kickstarters is all part of Kickstarter's zine quest campaign. I backed that one. Did you? Roberts? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I went on the retail. Did you? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Did you went on get, the retail. I'm going to throw this one out there, too. One of us, Sideshow Salvation, a dystopian dust bowl. That is our good friend, Tim DeShane. So yes. that's got to get out there. So I'm gonna put I think the we link posted in the notes. it. We just haven't announced it on the show. Yeah, but link in the notes there for that one. Yeah. So I'll have that in there. Um, Robert Nemeth, a.k.a. Nola Burt. Nola Burt. Every time I see him, I want to call him Nola Burt. Um, <laughs> the Hidden Necropolis. Now, these things end February 16th. Well, at least Robert's do does. Do's. Do's. <laughs> His does. I think Tim's is a little bit later. So literally when we drop this, you're probably going to have like a day to get on there and kick it. So yeah, there's a um, lot. If few nothing, Tim's ends in like eight days from now. So it's going to be pretty quick. Yeah. 2020. What's up, doggy doggy? That's my wife's little dog. Look go. up, little doggy. Listen yeah. to Brett's little doggy. <laughs> burp, burp, burp. Yeah. He's, be, he's at Brett's side. Brett, Brett, Brett. <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to go get my boxer and go beat the crap um, out of that little thing. <laughs> Fred has a boxer and a little Brett, Brett, Brett dog. Yeah, it's a old policeman's trick. Actually, I learned this from a buddy of mine who's a cop. You get a large dog. Like my boxer is 80 pounds. Large yeah. dogs do not give a fuck about anything that happens in our house 90% of the time. Like, oh, look at that. You're breaking in. Okay, that's annoying. And they're out. However, little dog goes, hey, what's that? What's that? Hey, have you seen that? Big dog goes, Jesus. Ah, oh, fine. Fuck it. I'm going to go take a look. Lumbers up and goes, hey, I don't like that UPS guy. Then he starts barking. 
<sighs> There's a certain synergy is what you're saying. Yeah, it's a kind of a symbiotic parasitical. <laughs> anyway. What are we talking about next week, Brett? So I got a couple ideas for you, Sean. Let me throw these at you here. So one of them, Tim DeShane hit hit on Twitter about this, about player skill versus character skill. We've talked about this a little bit in the past. I'm thinking about maybe re, re, revisiting that. Another one, kind of in that vein, is kind of a practice makes perfect thing. When Tim was on, we talked about this a little bit, where you need to kind of the concept of role-playing RPG games, any hobby is a muscle, so to speak, that you need to engage and work to become good at a thing. I'm talking about that, potentially. Or, or we could talk about anything you'd like to talk about, Sean. Do you have anything top of mind? Anything burning an issue? Hmm, how, to not, deal with, how to deal with Jeff? Anything like that? No, I know. You, exactly. You got, you got that down? How to deal with that fucking guy. <laughs> Uh, no, but if I think of something, I will let. Hey, I'll let you know. Awesome, very good. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's what I. I you know, I appreciate I, that. Yeah, I do that for you. Ah, uh, you're good like that. All right. Wow. Whoop. I guess. Shoot. Let's, let's wrap this shit I'm, up, brother. Let's wrap it up, man. Uh, I guess for gaming and BS, uh, I'm Sean and I'm Brett. Good night. Good gaming all. This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Curtis Takahashi, Joe Swick, Aaron Raylia, Larry Hout, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, Chris Steele, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, Brandon Barnes, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValley, Jason Hobbs, Guy, Old School DM, Perry Besor, Michael Dinos, Jim Fitzpatrick, Christopher Gray, Bruce Cunnington, John Kayward, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Niall Diamond, Howard Bishop, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Salzweedel, The Closet Gamer, Jeff Goad, Aaron Coleman, Ray Otis, C.W. Mellencamp, Craig Huber, Rich Wishon, Old Scouser Roleplaying, Jared Rasher, Andy Hall, David F. Baylog, Harrigan, Melissa Bashinsky, Brian Rumble, Henry Newcomb, Eric Telvola, Husk Carl, Roger Brassick, Mark Soam, Andy Hall, Eric Avila, Ron Blessing, Jeff Seifert, Ghost GM, Mike Hess, Angus, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Corey Weston, Chad Gleyman, Finolf, Josh Wallace, Marco Froelich, Graham Miner, and Corey Wynn. Also want to thank Ghost DM, Hobbs, Joe C., Mumphrey, Tony Sugarloaf, and Laramie for joining us in the chat room during this live recording. If you like what you heard on this episode, and even if you maybe didn't like it, go out and tell your friends about the podcast. Send them over to GamingNBS.com and tell them to subscribe. Thanks, BSers. This, this has, has been, been a Litterbox, Litterbox Studio, Studio production. production.